Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy back to school week and I guess a couple weeks it's been actually, but welcome back to school, everybody. Yeah, it's Monday. Monday, back to work, back to school. Back to work for most people. Most people, that's true. Yeah. You and I are off on Mondays. As pastors, we enjoy a Monday off. A Monday off. off. But maybe, yeah, maybe we need to pick a a, a different day. I don't know, man. I like Mondays. I do too. I do too. But man, everything in Salina. And even sometimes beyond Salina is closed on Mondays. What gives? So that will change. Salina is growing. I was thinking no. about that. Well, because in, in Dallas, there's there's places that are closed on Monday too. Well, it's not a many thing around here. Not many. I, it's enough to bother me. Salina, so. Salina is a small town that is not ready for the train of the large town that's coming at it. I, I, I mean, open up a couple of th- Tender Smokehouse, they're closed on Mondays. Yeah. I never get to go on my day off. Yeah. Well, that's all the square though. Like, yeah. I, and that's, and that's a cool place to go. Hang it's a out. great place to yeah. go. I want to take my wife us, there. You can go to the square. If you're out here. Yeah. Papagayos is a great mix. Papagayos is open on Mondays. They are open on Mondays. You don't like them. You know, this is a podcast where lots of people listen. Dude. And I just, I just want to be I'm, positive. And I like Papagayos. They've got great chips. For, for hey, from a gringo's perspective, it's good Mexican <laughs> food. Yeah, the, the, you know what the uh, the the brisket tacos. Yeah, I tried those. Those were good. Yeah, the, the, I did like those. The, the beans that they give you at the beginning, I don't get that. Like I'm not like they just give you a little dish of beans. You know what? Uh, Javier's used to do that too, or, or maybe even they still do that. Javier's back yeah. in uh, California. Yeah, that, they were at an uppity Mexican restaurant. They would do that. That was good. Yeah, that was highbrow. Yeah, highbrow Mexican. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. Speaking of highbrow Mexicans. I'm back here again as co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> to talk about Psalm 119. And uh, not all of it, because it's a, it's a long one. In yeah, fact, it's a long one. It's such a good one, though. It is great. It is great. And we're on this new like New Year's resolution to to shorten our podcast that we just started We're trying to lose podcast weight. Yeah. Trying to get um, this thing fit and lean. Right. And, uh, and so we're going to have to discipline ourselves in Psalm 119. <sighs> but Pastor Rod, talk to us because, man, no. what are all these weird titles like Aleph and Bet and Gimel and Dalit and Hey and Vav? <laughs> Why are you saying it these weird ways? So back in, in seminary, I learned a song. Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit. What do you mean? I wasn't saying it weird. That's exactly what I just said. No, it's very different. This is the Hebrew alphabet. So if you really wanted to memorize Psalm 119, you would do well to memorize the Hebrew alphabet because it would help you then to say, oh, what comes after Aleph? Oh, Beth. Yeah. So uh, uh, it, the whole Psalm 119, you've heard before probably, it's an acrostic, which means that the uh, the sentences that start each of the uh, sentences in that section begin with that Hebrew letter. Yeah. And it's not alone in that. In fact, there's other Psalms that are laid so out many. acrostically as well. This one's just identified, which I've always found interesting. Like, okay, yeah. why make this one so much more obvious? Maybe it's length. I don't know. Could it, be. I mean, Maybe that's it, just yeah. thinking about needing to break that's it up helpful. some, but well, anyways, as we get in here, uh, this is all about the word of God. And notice that in the first eight verses, I, I just highlighted and underlined in my Bible, all the different 
ways the word of God is described. You've got the law of the Lord, testimonies, ways, mm, precepts, good. statutes, commandments, righteous rules. And then jump down to verse nine, the word, right? So that's something to notice in Psalm 119 is all the different ways the psalmist talks about the uh, the Bible and the different titles that he gives to the Bible. Um, but this book is about the benefits of studying and giving ourselves over to the study of the word of God. And he opens right in verse nine with a question, how can a young man keep his way pure? He's talking about purity. Okay, well, the word of God is going to be helpful there. So battling sin, battling that temptation, God's word is important there. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up. Notice the, the memorization here. How is the, the word of God a benefit to us to battle sin and temptation? I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What's the relationship? Well, in the New Testament, we get the armor of God and the, the Bible is called the sword of the spirit in the New Testament. And so as we think about that, it's the, the one offensive weapon that we have in our arsenal and to wield the sword of the spirit against the enemy, against temptation, against uh, this world and against our flesh, we need to know the, the sword of the spirit. We need to have it internalized so that when the temptation comes, just like it did for Jesus, when Satan tempted him, he was able to respond with the word of God that he had stored up within his heart. So it, it's good for us Christians to give ourselves to the memorization of scripture, not just to be able to um, check a box or to pass a, an Awana test uh, when we were younger, but it's it's helpful it's practical for our sanctification plug real quick here bible memory app i've been Good. using that for years yep. i love it most of the time it's pretty stable right now i'm having some difficulty with it but regardless i've been using this app for so many years and i love it bible yep. memory app it's kind of a an old one but very faithful and very robust yeah and there's a handful of them out there bible memory app is great i've been using that one most recently fighter versus i used to use that one put out by john piper's organization yeah um, is another good one. But memorization is so good. But not only memorization, he also talks here about meditation. Mm. Meditation, we've mentioned before in the podcast, is not about emptying our minds, but about filling our minds. Biblically, mm. we see that in uh, verses 14, 15, and 16. In your testimony, I delight as much as in all riches. I'm going to meditate, there's our word, on your precepts. So I'm fixing my mind on the word of God. I'm not emptying my mind. I'm filling it with God's word. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Meditation is one of the ways for us to delight in the word of God. If, if you've been out there and you've thought, man, I, I feel like it's a burden to read the word of God and, and I, I do it because I'm supposed to, but it's always been kind of a check the box thing and never really been this delight. So when I read Psalm 119, I just don't get that connection. Well, one of the ways to foster and cultivate that delight is to take the word of God with you when you go throughout your day and turn it over in your mind and set alarms on your phones to remember the things that you've read and allow it to encourage you and cause you to stop and to think about it more throughout the day. And you will find that the word of God is immensely useful to us throughout everything that we do throughout the day. And that will cause you to delight in it more because you will see the need and the use for it more often. You'll also see some of the glory of God in that too. Yeah. Uh, referencing back your sermon on Sunday, talking about seeing the glory of Christ. Can you elaborate on that once more? Remind us what you said. Yeah, it, it's it, it's the, the the glory of Christ is, is found most readily for us here in the the scriptures here in the Word of God, and, and we need to give ourselves to that and um, to be able to to understand it, to experience it more, is to uh, to study the scriptures more and to uh, treasure it and take it with us more. So. Um, the, the, the idea of like, okay, yeah, I, I understand about the glory. And this is kind of what we touched on on Sunday. I, I understand about the concept of, of Jesus glory, but that's never really moved the needle for me. It's, it, my response might be, okay, well, how much have you really pursued moving that needle and what that would look like, right? If, if I say, man, I really want to get into ramen, which I don't, I, I don't particularly <laughs> like ramen. But if I did, and right now I would tell you, man, ramen just doesn't move the needle for me. And I was like, but man, I feel like I really should like ramen a lot, but I never 
go to any ramen restaurants or I never ask somebody who really loves ramen to help me, you know, take me to the best ramen restaurant out there and expose right. me to what ramen is like. I'm never going to cultivate a desire for ramen. So somebody might tell me, Patrick PJ, you need to like ramen. And I might agree with them conceptually. But then if I never move towards a pursuit of that, it's never going to become something that I, that I'm passionate about. And so likewise, the word of God, Jesus, if we're sitting there going, man, it just doesn't, I know it should move the needle for me. It just doesn't move the needle for me. Maybe you're sitting there and you're not going to the ramen restaurant. You're, you're not Mm. picking up the word of God. You're not treasuring Christ and wanting to cultivate that desire for him. What a great point. Cause one of the time, one of the things I don't know very well is sports, but I remember when I've gone to sporting events with people that love it and can explain to me what's happening and why it's significant that the coach or ref called this or that, or the player did this other thing. I, I've never enjoyed those events more than having someone who's expert in that to really say, Oh, here's what you need to see. Here's what yeah. you need to look at. Here's how I need to enjoy this. So yeah, great point. Yeah. Gimel then, or Gimel, Gimel, Gimel. <laughs> that's not it. I don't think that's anywhere near it, bro. Hebrew English. Um, the, the next section there, uh, he is entreating God. And this is another part of this too, is, is asking that God would reveal more of himself to you, asking that God would cultivate that delight in your heart as well. Verse 18, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your lot. That's a great mm-hmm. prayer to take with you to every session of the daily Bible reading. Before you sit down with your Bible, that would be something, and, and not to make it a mantra that loses its impact, but to really truly pray, okay, God, open my eyes that I can understand wondrous things as I read your word. My soul, verse 20, is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. Uh, continuing on in this passage, he talks about the importance of study. Not only is it important to meditate and to memorize, but also to study the word of God. Look at verses 25 through 32. He's talking here about seeking understanding. He's asking God to teach him. He's saying, you know, my, my meditation is such that I want to understand your word more. And so that's an important thing for us as Christians to do as well is not just to memorize and to meditate, but also to study God's word on a regular basis. That's right. Go deep. Yeah, so uh, having a single good single volume commentary is a good place for you guys to start with that. MacArthur's got a single volume commentary out there. The Bible Knowledge Commentary is out there. That's a single volume commentary. Petrod, are there any that any more that you would recommend in, in that kind of realm of an introductory commentary? Uh, introductory commentary. Well, one of my favorites, and I, and I heard this one a few years ago, and I think I've already given this one, but it's it's worth repeating. The Bible Knowledge Commentary. Yep, it's a two volume. I mean, it's it's dense too. It's yep. a it's a big boy. I have it on Logos. That's the way I use it. That's the way I love using it because it's so easy to cross-reference and utilize. So I'd recommend whether you get it in print or digital, well worth having in your family library. Yeah. A, a good systematic theology is a, is a good thing to have and, oh, yeah. and to keep on your shelf. And, and that's yeah. going to be studying things about the word more than diving directly into the word itself. But it's a good resource. Yeah, to Wayne have. Grudem's is probably the, the one that everyone's going to reference. And that's because it's so readable. Yeah. It's devotional. But if you want to open up John Calvin's Institutes, that's also really good. Too. It's, it's in very devotional for, for being how yep. old it is and yep. what it is. I, I thought he did a really good job. And in fact, Banner of Truth put, put out recently a, uh, a devotional guide to Calvin's Institutes. Oh, no so you read that in, in concert with reading his Institutes and it's, it helps try to foster That's more cool. of that devotional. That's cool. Element I like that. Too. Verses 33 then through 40, the reason we study is in order to apply the word of God. And so he kind of shifts there in verse 34, give me understanding. Okay, there's the study component that I might keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. So we're not studying just to puff up up ourselves and and to gain more head knowledge, but we're studying so that we might obey God's word, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. In other words, I want to shift in my behavior. I don't want to pursue just selfish gain anymore, but I want your word to transform my desires. Mm. 
turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Life is offered by so many empty temptations in this world, but it's really found for us uh, concretely and tangibly in, in God's word. And so we need to, to pursue it there. And then our last section for today, at least involved there is um, trusting in the word and hoping in his rules there. He says that in verses 42 and 43, and that's saying, I'm, I'm going to do all of these things because ultimately I believe that there's good in this. My hope, my confidence, my trust is found in the word and the word will not fail. Verse 45, and I shall walk in a wide place for I have sought your precepts. The word of God does not bring restriction, but true freedom. Mm -hmm. So as you read and as you apply, don't look at this as a way for God to hem you in as though he were going to create a prisoner. No, this is true freedom. Enjoy it as you read it. Well, let's jump to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. By the way, uh, verses 41 through 48 in Psalm 119. Yes. My Hebrew professor told me to pronounce it. Wow. Oh. Not Vav. So it's wow. the ancient pronunciation. So you're pronouncing it wrong is what I'm saying. Well, the- First Corinthians 3. <laughs> no, no. First Corinthians 3, brother. Okay. That's what you said. Fine. <laughs> it's, the, it's the German in me. The Germans uh, came in and polluted the Hebrew. Nine. No. It can, it can be. I've heard it both ways. No, First Corinthians wrong, chapter 3. Uh, division, speaking of divisions in the church. Oh. That's what we're here to talk about in First <laughs> Corinthians chapter 3. How <laughs> apropos. Coming off of yesterday where we talked about the difference between the spiritual and the natural, Paul has a little bit of a, not a little bit, uh, he has a quite stern indictment uh, for the Corinthian church there. He says, look, I, 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 yeah, there's a difference. There's the spiritual and there's the natural. And I came to you and I had to address you more as the natural than the spiritual because that's how you were acting. That's like babies. Yeah. You were acting in a natural way, not in a spiritual way. Mm-hmm. And there's been question here. Is this creating, um, is, is Paul saying they weren't Christians there? I don't think so because he's already addressed them as believers previously in the letter, but he is certainly indicting a lack of maturity, which is a problem for them. And perhaps for some here, it was going to be borne out in how they responded to Paul's admonition, whether or not their faith was genuine or whether they were perhaps self-deceived. And, uh, and I think that, that there's room for that as uh, in some other passages in scripture that talk about similar concepts. Hebrews comes to mind as well, that this is kind of a warning passage from Paul saying, okay, man, let's go church. It's, it's time to, to go here. Um, and so there's a good element to us desiring to grow in our faith. We just talked about these study resources to have, and, and that's a good thing for us to, to want to understand more. And we're, we talked about this on Sunday during the sermon as well is, you know, there, there's, there's difficult things about our doctrine and our theology and our concept of God that sometimes we run into, for instance, the incarnation, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so difficult to wrap our minds around the fact that God became man, hundred percent God, hundred percent man. And sometimes we might be tempted to tap out and say, okay, that's above my pay grade. And as a Christian, I'm just going to let other people understand that and and choose not to wade too deep into those waters. And and I I think there's reason to say, okay, let's go for the solid food. And, and maybe your solid food is different than somebody else's solid food, but let's, let's try to grow in our faith and our understanding. Let's try to mature as believers here. And Amen. his evidence here that he points to is, remember we talked about in chapter one, they were all factionalizing. They were saying, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Paul, I, I, I'm of these different people. And he's saying, you created divisions here. And that's a sign of immaturity in the church because you don't understand what we're all there to do. What we're all there to do is not to get the glory, but to point the glory to Jesus. And he's saying, what, look, I might plant in, in somebody else's waters, but God's the one that's going to cause the growth. And if God's the one that's going to cause the growth, that's where our focus needs to be is glorifying God because you yourselves, y'all are God's temple being built up here. It's not about any individual. It's about God and what he's doing in this context. Can you quickly talk about then one of the dangers, it seems, when you take these deeper thoughts as more solid food, as you call it, 
about God is that it seems like that could actually be the, the breeding ground for more contention, more division, because, oh, well, you understand the hypostatic union this way. I understand it that way or whatever it is. And, and scripture also reminds us that knowledge puffs up, love mm-hmm. builds up. So talk to us about what a, a deep knowledge of God should do to the human heart as it relates to our unity. Yeah, it, it, it should humble us. If it's not humbling us, then we're not fully understanding not it. doing it right right if if when we grapple with you just use the phrase hypostatic union that's the seminary language for the the union of the 100 percent deity and 100 percent humanity of christ in one person if studying things like that doesn't leave us scratching your head going god i can't fully understand this and, and I'm, I'm humbled by that then then we do have a problem then we are studying for the wrong reasons but if we're truly coming after it and saying god i, I just i want to know you more i want to learn more about you i, I want to learn more about you through your words so teach me kind of like psalm 19 teach me wondrous things from your law i want to behold wondrous things and and use those things to humble me and to remind me of my own finitude and, and your magnitude and the things that I need to hold loosely. Let me hold those loosely. The things that I need to hold on to tightly, like the hypostatic union, we're not going to deny his full deity or, or his full humanity, but I may not fully understand that. Help me to hold on tightly, even though I don't fully understand it and have that be humbling to me as well. Yeah. I guess the difference between what we do as Christians and what an engineer or a geologist might do is that they're dealing with hard sciences. God is not a science. God right. is a person. And the more we know him, the more we're humbled to realize he's, he's not like us. He is different. He's holy. The scriptures call him. Right. And that holiness chasm is far greater and far wider than you ever dare dream. Mm. So as you trudge into these deep things of God, whether it's learning the hypostatic union or the incarnation and what that all means and suggests, if you're doing it right, Christian, your heart will experience the wonder and awe of humbling yourself before an incredibly amazing God. Yeah, yeah, amen to that. And and really, that's that's the point of First Corinthians three is we need to approach these things for the the good of the body, and that's what he's talking about here. Even in thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen, just real quick, is he's warning everybody, saying, "Look, there's going to come a day where we're going to appear before Christ, and our work is going to be exposed. Right. And if you've worked for wrong motives, then that's going to burn up." If you've worked for the right things, that's going to be what's left. That's the reward that's left there. So it's just a reminder to us, man, as we approach and we study and we grow and we mature, we're not doing that to, to lap other Christians and be like, look how much more godly I am because I know this these things. We're doing it for the good of the body as a whole because that's what Christ wants us to do right now. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us again for another episode here of the Daily Bible Podcast. We'll catch you guys again tomorrow on Tuesday for another episode. See you then. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. 